Open your eyes. Wake up, Link. I'm Luke Summerhays. I'm James J. Miles. I'm James the Jaster Stewart. And we're joined by special guest... Kay Gray! Hi! <laughs> and you're listening to Hyrule Field Report. Oh, I guess we should introduce our special guest very briefly. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Kate Gray has written for games magazines, games websites, games in the newspaper, and now writes games. <laughs> and she's very kindly agreed to come and talk to us. Jess, what did we do last week? Uh, last week we finished off at the Forgotten Temple. And Jay, what are we doing this week? Uh, well, this week the plan is to continue our march towards the Rito village, but we'll probably end up getting heavily sidetracked in the Tabantha snowfield. I guess first question. You, you seem pretty excited about sharing some memories in this area. What's What went on with you in the Tabantha snowfields, Kate? Well, okay, so I was on my way to the snowfield and this was the first area that I decided to go to. I, I tend to ignore what NPCs tell me to do. I'm like, I'm going to go my mm. own way. It's an open <laughs> world game. But, you know, I having played Breath of the Wild and like I know all the areas from Breath of the Wild, I'm like, I'm going to follow what you're telling me to do. And they, you know, hint very heavily that you should go to the Rito village first. I'm like, well, I'll do that then. For once, I'm going to listen to directions. Uh, I start heading up there and immediately fall into the massive canyon that eventually <laughs> leads up to the uh, the Forgotten Temple. Forgotten but I'm going temple, the, yeah. the other <laughs> way. Just left. So I, I have the little blinky yellow dot that's like, go oh, this way. So I'm like, oh God, okay. I don't remember how to get out of the canyon. So I decide to just follow the canyon along. At this point, I think I had been in maybe one cave, so the caves were still new to me, and I immediately came across a cave that was filled with horrorblins that I hadn't seen before. So I marked it on my map and ran away very quickly. Um, I think I hardly had any stamina, so I knew I couldn't climb up the walls. Uh, So I just had to keep going. Uh, I didn't even have, like, auto-build at this point. I didn't have anything. I, I had my legs and a, a stick, probably. No so. to ascend anywhere. That yeah, I like exactly. That. It's very steep walls. So, like, there's nothing I can do. I'm stuck in the canyon. I have to just walk out of it. So I just keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. Eventually, it does come up at a ramp. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. But then you're nowhere near the Rito village at that point. You have to go all the way around this big, like, circle. And so I do that feeling like, oh god, I've I've definitely come at this the wrong way. And I don't like feeling like I've missed out on early story content by doing stuff the wrong way. Um, I'm quite late in the game now and I'm still getting stressed by stuff that looks like endgame content. I'm like, I'm not ready yet! <laughs> so I'm sort of like, oh god, what have I missed? There's probably some tutorial shrines that I haven't done. There's like no shrines in the canyon, so I haven't learned anything at this point. And then I make it to the uh, Lucky Clover stable, I think it is. And then I'm supposed to go to the Rito village, but then I'm like, you know what? No, (laughs) I'm going to go adventure. And so I go uh, east up towards the Tabantha snowfield and then spent a bunch of time there before actually doing the thing that I was supposed to be doing. Yay. (laughs) What a harrowing journey (laughs) to get to the snowfields. I know, I know. I mean... Now, that kind of thing, very easy to get out of because I just build a hover bike and just leave. Yeah. So, But back then, no, didn't have any of that. Very scary. I think I still haven't explored that canyon in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Now I'm, I, I want to go see what's down there. Although I'd imagine at this point in the game it would be a very different experience. And mm. Like, annoyingly, just... it's kind of empty. There's a few caves down there. There's a lot of wolves down there, but mostly... It's nothing. A spot for uh, farming prime meat or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, there's some plants as well, but like maybe maybe even some Koroks, but nothing very exciting. Especially when you're like in your first like five to ten hours of the game and you're stuck there and you're like, there's nothing here. I think there is a, a mini game 
Yes, I was Ooh, about okay. to say there's a, a, a mini game down there, which yeah. I suppose kind of, if it's the one I think about, it's the one that sort of tests your ability to build functioning yes. vehicles. A lot of the new mini games are like that. There's also one on the Great Plateau that's like, can you build a thing to do this thing? Which I think is really cool. In Breath of the Wild, the mini game that was down there, I think was a really annoying game of golf. That oh, you had I to use stasis. stasis. Yeah. yeah. It's better than that. Uh, yeah, it so. definitely is. <laughs> so yeah, I did that. One like near like a stable that's off towards like the last stable before you head towards the Gerudo Desert. Mm-hmm. It's like a mini game there with a go on about like basically test of strength mini game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hitting the bell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ding the bell. Yep. I like that one because I I did really well at it by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I found that one, and I've put. And I've seen him out of time into this there's game. A, there's a, a Korok near it as well. Like, I kind of spent like forever trying to figure out how to get the Korok up the cliff. Mm, yeah. So many vehicles built, like hours spent. Yep. 150 hours into the trying game, and there's still many games for me to find. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I'm getting towards 150, and I just found something that I didn't know existed. So that's pretty fun. It's just the nature of the game, right? Like, you're going to, so good, no yeah. how much time you kind of put into it, like, or feel like you might have finished the game. Yep. Like, story-wise, but, like, there's still going to be a lot that you missed. The game ain't yeah. finished for you. Yeah. <laughs> Even put it back, like, I finished it recently, and, like, but I, like since then I've put it back on for, like, a couple more hours, just, like, to have a little wander about. Yep. I, I find that the hero's path is really, really useful because you're like, I haven't been to this tiny sky island. Wonder what's there. And then you go there and it's like a whole side quest. And you're like, oh, well, okay then. <laughs> yeah, I haven't quite finished yet, but I've got a feeling I might this weekend. Ooh. But I ain't going to be done. No, no, certainly not. Not least of all because this podcast is going to keep dragging me back every week. <laughs> Yeah, we none of us actually did it in the order we're doing the podcast. Right. Yeah. But we're trying to, you know, cover it in the order the game clearly wants us to. Oh, interesting. Is is there like a documented this is the order you're supposed to do it in? No, but the when you go to the temple, which is what we did last week, mm-hmm. it shows you the order you're supposed to do the tears. Yeah. Oh, does it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, mm. it's got them on the wall so there's murals of the different tiers from left to right so it actually has them ordered so during this episode there's a tier in the Tabantha snowfields which we'll probably skip over because if we're going through the the the, the journey through the tiers it's a later one if I remember rightly I saw that one third and it ruined it it ruined the story because I was like the what does a what now (laughs) yeah Yeah, I had the same thing I'm like wait like I'm going to get I'm going to find like an earlier tier that connects that story and I'm like oh that's how it got there I wish that they'd they'd done the story like I, I know that they did the story in the way they did because the the geoglyphs are shaped like the thing that the tier is about Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, uh, I guess so. But, like, I wish that they'd done it in a way that meant that I didn't spoil the story for myself quite early on. Because it's pretty easy to get to Tabantha Snowfield, I think. But you're going to pass by it, probably. I mean, the game, like you said, heavily wants you go to go towards yeah, the real village. Like, there's a sky yeah. tower, like, in that area as well. And it's yeah. like, practically, you shoot out the sky tower, the first yeah. thing on the clock is the tier. Yep. yep. It's It was a difficult one to find. I think probably the most difficult... Like, the tier itself, not the geoglyph. Like, you know, you have to find the one that is the place that you need to go. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, great explanation. Um, And it was a really hard one to find. It took me, like, three goes to actually see where it was. Um, But, yeah, I got it really early on, and then I was like, oh, okay, this, this seems like a late-game plot twist. <laughs> I think if I remember rightly, did we not speak about on our last episode about how we wished... They would unlock in a set order, like just like you were mm. saying there, Kate. I think we said it's pretty much exactly yeah, that. Yeah, and you and you made the exact same point, Jay, that the picture is relevant to yeah. the tier. Yeah. But yeah. I don't I don't think that's enough of a reason to No, I, I, I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, they could have just made it you get to a geoglyph and it unlocks the next one in sequence. Mm. 
Because yeah. the so other thing hard, I've seen people put... It's so hard to remember as well, though, like the order, unless you took... Unless you had the camera already in the game and took a picture, and then we're constantly mm-hmm. referencing well, the mean, tears. Like, mm-hmm. It's hard to make the connection, really, when you just look at it and you're distracted by so many different things in the game. Yep. I haven't experienced this much myself, but the thing I've heard people point out is that you can learn this stuff in the wrong order, mm. but Link doesn't act like he knows the stuff. Uh, he's so he'll be talking characters and acting surprised. like, ooh, what a big mystery. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, like but to be honest, I think, I think that works, because Link is just such a sassy little bitch that he would just, <laughs> oh, what a surprise. He's not smart, is he? Like, the thing is that you watch some of those, like, tear memories, and his reaction is always to gasp, even if they were very, very boring. Like, some of them are just like, oh, they're having a tea party. And then he'll be like, oh, my God. And you're like, nothing. <laughs> nothing happened in that one. <laughs> Big Hembo energy from Link. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jay, you put down in the notes something that I forgot, which is just as we start, if we're doing it in the right direction, yeah. heading up this hill, we meet um, Picardy. Yes, um, the painter from Breath of the Wild. Um, and he's painting a star-shaped island in the sky, which... Um, did any of you go up and have a nose around the star-shaped islands at this point? I think I might have done. I think I did that one quite early on. I don't know if it was the exact one he's looking at, mm-hmm. but I did go to one fairly early on, couldn't read it, mm-hmm. and then since I have unlocked that side quest, I've not gone back. Oh. <laughs> yeah, first, first I've time I've actually I went, only uh, like met this guy like recently as well when I'd already done the Star Island quest like fully. I was like, oh, he's here's the guy that basically tells you about these Star Islands. Like, Great, already done all that. I think um, him turning up as well, and I can't. I, I think we spoke about this on an earlier episode. It kind of drove home something else that I'm not massive on in this game, and that NPCs that should remember Link because he spoke to them in Breath of the Wild, and you know was a big part of their stories, don't seem to remember who he is or like show any sign of that. And Pickery, while he wasn't a major character, I'm sure he had lots of side quests involving Link back in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's unusual. What if you lose, if you lose uh, an arm, <laughs> just forget you. He does have a different haircut as well. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, it's me, C three PO. Maybe you don't recognize me because of my red arm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess with side quest characters he met in his travels. They didn't know he was the hero or whatever. He's just one of many dudes they met wandering in the wilderness. So it's true. It's not yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, you do get that from like other NPCs, don't you? Like, oh, you're a traveler as well. Yeah, like, but they but they recognize you. Like the NPCs that walk from like stable to stable are always like, mm. "Oh, it's you again." And I'm like, "I don't remember you." I guess <laughs> I, Link is more memorable than like another person wearing a mushroom hat, but. It's surprising that they remember me from like, you know, a few hours ago, but they don't remember me as the guy who hangs around with the princess and saved the world that one time. Oh, well. I think it, if everyone didn't remember you, it would be one thing. It's the fact that some do and some don't makes mm-hmm. it a bit weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's a couple of NPCs. like Effects um... of the gloom, maybe? Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, straws, I think. <laughs> The guy that built Link's house in Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. Bolson, yeah. um, um, he turns up in a later side quest series that we'll speak about, and he definitely should remember Link. He spent a lot of time building that house. And... Yeah, he was sitting directly outside my house for a very long time. Yeah, but nope, he has no memory of Link when it comes around, or he's pretending not to know Link, who knows? <laughs> yep. So, in the document, Luke, you mentioned there's a cave, which I don't think I've been in, and I don't know what's in it, so I'll leave that to you to shed some light on the 
Mount did I mention Jennifer. cave? Foothill Cave, you did, yes. See, because I mentioned it because it's on my map, so I guess I went in there. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, um, our usual get-out-of-jail-free card, the the Zelda Dungeon uh, wiki, has nothing about this cave. So I I think it's not a very interesting interesting one. That's why there's no info on the wiki. The other thing that is interesting there is not the cave itself, it's that from the base of that cave you can look yes. up and see the Great Fairy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't think we could go in just yet, but that's the first one I remember seeing. Mm. Did you go up and speak to the Great Fairy or try to, like, from outside the Yes, camp? and she tells you she wants to hear a horn. Oh yeah. I didn't have any context for that. <laughs> I was like, what? No, I, uh, my... Am I going to play the horn? My first thought was, can I steal one of the Moblin's horns? Is that a Ooh. thing? Now? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. I mean, Link has played a lot of instruments. Horn has not been one of them, unless you count the Link's Awakening, I think, has a horn. But he doesn't really play that. He just makes it magically play itself, I think. It's got the Korok form as a horn in Majora's Mask, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, the little Deku scrub has a weird sort of bagpipe thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's the closest to to a horn. But um... So that Link can play Never Gonna Give You Up on the horn, so... (laughs) Can he? I think people have played all sorts on the Majora's Mask instruments. So, just... For, for my kind of personal journey, I went to Rito Village the other direction. I went across the Tabantha Great Bridge and came at it from the other side. Um, and if you go that way, um, you, you'll have some context for why this Great Fairy is on about a horn. So I wasn't as puzzled as you guys were when, when I came up and chatted to this Great Fairy. Um, I'm now realizing I think this cave was somewhat interesting. Oh. But not just yet. Oh. Um, ah. Shortly, we're going to meet um, some NPCs who want us to come and um, free their camp from monsters. Oh, okay. I think this is the cave we come in to do that. Oh, yeah. I don't don't remember this quest mm. at all. So. Yeah, I don't I think I might have missed this. Like, there is a, I do have a fair few side quests I've not actually done. I just started this one, so it's fresh on my mind. Ah, I discovered okay. them outside a cave, and they're like, we want mushrooms, but the mushrooms are in the cave. And I was like, these quests always go the same way for me, where someone's like, I need 10 of an item. And I'm like, mm. I've got 200. You can have mine. And they're like, wow, you didn't even go in the place yet. And I'm like, yeah, just just take these and go, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for these ones, I don't think they even... I don't think I can even give them the mushrooms. They just want their cave back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but there, the cave is a pretty basic little monster camp. Mm-hmm. Oh, fair enough. But, yeah, there's a there's a quest to go and clear it. Ah, I see. It's understandable that it's not... It probably is on the wiki as part of that NPC's page. Hmm. Rather than the cave itself having a page. That makes yeah. sense. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, maybe it's a quest you can discover fairly early. But I did it like this past week. So obviously a small cave full of goblins was not a huge issue. Yeah. You're like, oh, these guys. These waste of an arrow. <laughs> My old pals. <laughs> well, that's where, like, oh, if you get to something like really late, that you just go like extravagant, like with it, and like build like the biggest like tank or something to kind of take. Oh, can I tell you about my laser boy? <laughs> Please do. I'm very interested in the laser boy. <laughs> I'm calling him Laser Boy because I like to think of him as a boy. Because okay, I I found this on TikTok. TikTok is full of extremely stupid, very good builds. I try not to see too many of them because some of them are spoilers, but this one is a hover stone, so the big green floaty platform, mm-hmm. a construct head, and as many beam emitters as you can fit on the construct head. And you hit it to activate it, you put it up in the sky, and then it just shoots lasers down. 
at whatever you're really? fighting. It can kill a Hinox in like five seconds. Wow. I love Laser Boy. Everyone should have a Laser Boy. Yeah, I think I'd like the lasers are like, are like really strong. And it's like, They're I'm very like, good. Damn, I'm like, damn it, the one I am I'm not used a whole lot. They're kind of difficult to use yourself because like, if mm-hmm. you attach it to a sword, it doesn't really go in the place you want it to. If you attach it to a shield, you have to be like pointing at the enemy mm-hmm. the whole time. Whereas with Mostly Laser Boy... I've used them as like putting them on the, like, the little Roomba devices that you can get. Yeah, like, so it's quite a bit laser <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The the construct head, what it does is like turn towards an it enemy. It turns towards it, yeah. So oh, wow. it, it always Obviously. has the lasers. It's best for big enemies because it can, you know, just hit them wherever on their body. Whereas um, for smaller Bacoblin camps, it sort of takes a while to find them and then focus. And by that time, they've moved. Mm. Um, but for, you know, like a Hinox or anything, mm, so good. By a time of, like, I built, like, a, a mini kind of cannon tank, and I was inside a yeah. cave, it was, like, a, a, a goblin cave, and, <laughs> but, like, it was, like, the cave was a little, a little bigger than I thought it was, and the cannon it was on the turrets, and it was homing in on enemies around the corner, and it kept doing oh 180s gosh. and, like, firing the cannons, and I had to dodge my own cannons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that laser boy, you have to stand back, because he is yeah, indiscriminate. You have to just sort of like just watch as he takes out extremely high level large enemies for you and just be like, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I feel bad using the cannons because it feels like shooting fish in a barrel sometimes. <laughs> like It just explodes everything over and over again. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even give you a fair chance. <laughs> I, I want to meet my own laser boy now. <laughs> I think you that's going to be my next thing in the game. Do it. I love I've laser boy. I've done so little of all of this because in my head it's just like, no, I remember how to kill them with my swords like in Breath yeah. of the Wild. I'm going to keep doing that. It does but... feel like I'm cheesing the game quite a lot. But to be fair, the game wants me to, so I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah, it's definitely it's, built. They're basically <laughs> the little builds you can make are like replacements for like the auto bombs that you could always have handy in Breath oh, of the Wild. Yeah. Like, I honestly like, don't even miss them. combat in general is, like, I think, harder in Tears of the Kingdom. Like, if you're just mm. by yourself, you need to yeah. help from somewhere. And it's usually stuff like Laser Boy and tanks. Love Laser Boy. The, the way I found out about Laser Boy from this TikTok is that they were saying that they were taking Laser Boy on a tour. They didn't call it Laser Boy. Um, but you can get the horse <laughs> harness, right? So you just attach the harness to Laser Boy. <laughs> And you're on like a killing tour of Hyrule, just going from boss to boss, zapping everybody to death, <laughs> taking all of their treasure and moving on. Very good for grinding, I imagine. Maybe good in the depths as well, probably. Mm. <laughs> Got all sorts of ideas going through my mind right now, like, yep. like <laughs> flying device with laser boys attached. I couldn't get Laser Boy to fly, which was an mm. annoying. Like you can't get a hoverstone to move. You yeah, can use like rockets, but you can't make it. You can rockets maybe help. Yeah. yeah, honestly, you could you could stick the construct head on like a hot air balloon or something if you wanted that. Probably work as well. Oh, I'm that'd be so fun! A, something with a hover bike. Yeah. Radiation. My hover bike does not let me put anything on it. It gets very picky. <laughs> my hover bike slightly always tilts and drives to the left. Yeah, See? mine goes <laughs> to the right. <laughs> it's fine. It's so fiddly to get them like working straight, and I'm like, ah, yeah. saved it to favourites anyway. Forget about it. I'll just yes, adjust my fine. aim every time. Mine, I always put the fan on backwards. Oh, <laughs> and no. then I fly away in the wrong direction. It looks like the little bit that pokes out should be the back. <laughs> so it's always fun, like when I go decide to transport a Korok, like on my hover bike, I'm like struggling to like fly the right direction. So I suppose after having a sniff around the Great Fairy, uh-huh. we. Uh, We'll probably have our eyes drawn towards the stable further down the road. Mm-hmm. And uh, like any good stable, there's a shrine just outside it. The uh, Oriokium Shrine, also known as Courage to Fall. Mm. I remember this one. 
I also remember this one. This <laughs> one really frustrated me because I could not work out how to solve it. It's I in the name. I did not have courage to fall. <laughs> I know. I didn't. I wasn't brave enough. Uh, I like this one because I, I think it was maybe the first example of a shrine giving me all the information I needed and me being like, I don't know what you... Oh, right. Oh, that's very clever. Ah. <laughs> I tried to like, abuse this shrine with recall several times, but it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. actually figure out the actual solution. <laughs> I, I think for me, because... <laughs> yeah, this is one of the shrines I spent the longest on, especially early on. Yeah. It's quite big. Yeah. I think it's one of the rare shrines that have the small keys within them, right? Yeah. Yep. And also a shrine that isn't a naked shrine that has... Uh, the constructs to fight in them. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it's it's either like a minor test of strength style one where it's like a tutorial on how to fight, or it's a naked shrine. Uh, but this is neither of those. It's just, it just has a guy in it, right? I think. I think so. Yeah, maybe a couple guys. A yeah. couple guys, a couple guys. For why? Just guys being um, dudes. Just guys being robot dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the problem and why I spent so long on this is that naturally you always look at the title of the shrine and realise, okay, there's I've got to obviously fall down at some point. And I was kind of looping around the outside mm. of the sort of dungeon area before I realised, okay, I, you, you, you touch the laser wires and that drops you down in the trap door. Yeah. Um, for me, I was looking for like hidden gaps, like really low down. But I just kept triggering the kill plane and, you know, falling to my death over and over and over again yeah. until I realised what I needed to do. So that was just my brain not working in sync with the with the shrine. Well, um, to be fair, if you've got lasers and you've ever played a single video game, you're like, well, don't touch the lasers. That's the one thing, the one thing you don't do. And the game's like, oh, this time I wanted you to touch the lasers. Well, how was I supposed to know? Ugh. I think I assumed I would just take damage from the lasers and it wouldn't trigger yes. a trap. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, my deeply ingrained gamer instincts, as you put it, <laughs> um, kept me from touching the lasers. But I got there in the uh, end. So you couldn't do it because you're too good at games. That's exactly <laughs> right, Luke. Thank you for saying it. <laughs> Um, and it also had my favourite my favorite type of ending to any shrine where you um, have a little plane ride back to the entrance. Yeah, there's a few of those where it's just like, oh, we ran out of puzzle. Do you want to have a little fly? And you're like, yeah, I do. I do want to <laughs> do that. <laughs> Never going to say no to a little fly. Little fly. <laughs> can have um, a little fly as a treat. As a treat. Yeah, the snowfield uh, stable itself. Um, no, before I think... we get to the stable itself, oh, the most yes. exciting thing here is the well. Oh. Oh. Um, this well, pretty much guaranteed, has two or three fairies in it. Oh, it's oh. it's the frozen one, is it? It's not especially frozen. It's just it's a really basic little well. Okay, I, I saw a, a shrine, not a shrine. I found a well the other day. It was somewhere cold where it was covered with ice so i hadn't seen it until a lot later uh maybe it's ah. not that one there's one somewhere that's frozen over i do like a fairy though i i go through them so fast because i'm always dying in stupid ways and i'm like oh it seems like a waste okay <laughs> i think I think why I'm going through them much quicker than in Breath of the Wild is in Breath of the Wild you would have Mipha's Grace as a buffer if you you, know, you mm. fell off a mountain yeah. or something by accident. Yeah. And this, no, Mipha ain't around to help you this time. I don't miss Mipha, but I do miss the bird guy. I miss going up. Mm. Well, I could go up in different ways, but it's not the same. It was extremely convenient, yeah. yeah. Now I can just go across for a little bit. Yes, that's Just like a you. lot of setup needed if you want to go up, like you've got to get like, the piles of wood, flint, yeah. and cone to like, fly up. 
I mean, not just like a bunch of time you set all that up, you may as well try and find a place to ascend. I'm just like, yeah. straight up, like, climb it like, early on. Just think, Kate, if you had Revali around, you would never have been trapped in that canyon for so long. True. Although I don't think he went that far up. Or maybe that's just because Tulin doesn't go that far forward that I'm just like, <laughs> all birds are useless. <laughs> Yeah, I think the, the fairies this time, I don't remember them being found anywhere else beyond, like, sometimes in a well or deep in a cave. Whereas in Breath of the Wild, they were always around the the, the great fairies, right? Mm, yeah, I think that makes sense. But, um, and maybe also the, like, the shrines, the, whatever they're called, the, like, whatever it is of wisdom and oh, courage. Oh, yeah, the, the springs. Springs, thank you, that's the word. Um, <laughs> but like most of the springs in this game seem to be like I'm having an issue so maybe the fairies were just like oh screw this I'm out I'm gonna go to the sky I mostly find them in the sky yeah I was just gonna say that's that's right, yeah. I think most of them as well yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I've definitely seen a lot of it. it's just the fact that this this well is right next to a shrine yeah and I've marked it on my map, so it's just like, oh, I'm low on fairies. I go and see if they've respawned there, and they usually have. Oh, interesting. I haven't really thought about going back to things respawning because I don't. My memory doesn't last that long, and the pins aren't that descriptive. That's a good oh. idea. I haven't used those for much yet. Like I've marked the this, this little. Is, this is like statues. the one thing. Yeah, I marked this, and I marked the gliox, and that's like it. Oh, I just use skulls for anything that scares me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same, yep. same. Like big boss here, skull. <laughs> and the only other thing I use is the little crystal icon for marking like shrines that I want to like. I don't want Interesting. Like, kind of tag that the beam, like the one you use with the telescope. I don't do that. Like, as I like yeah. that for general exploring. I so use the star for shrines. Smart. I I realized recently that um, if you just like trigger the shrines by doing the put the hand on the circle thing, mm. you can fast travel back to them. Fast and I keep forgetting. Yeah, yeah. So like I just did the Gerudo area, but I didn't do the shrine. I didn't even go to the shrine because I was like, oh. no, I bet it's really scary. And now I can't fast travel back to the Gerudo area. I'm so annoyed at myself. Ugh. I can do that. Like I hate like. I would hate like activating a shrine and then not just going in and doing it. Same. Like, yeah. Because knowing me, I'd want, I'd, I'd, if I'd done that, I'd wander off and completely forget, and I'd be like, "Where's that last shrine?" It's a different color. Like, so okay, like, yeah. the shrines. <laughs> yeah. True. It if you look on your map, a shrine that you've walked up to but not activated is fully orange. Mm-hmm. If you've activated it but not got in, gone in, it's blue with orange in the middle. Right. And it's only once you've gone in it that it goes blue. Or maybe only once you've completed it that it goes blue. I think it's when you've completed it, yeah. Yeah. I still wouldn't have liked all like scanning over my entire map, like zooming yeah. the map, trying to find this one shrine <laughs> that I'd Still never annoying, done. yeah. <laughs> so I'd really, if I wasn't going to do them, I mark them and then I move on. Yeah. I I unlock a bunch of shrines mm-hmm. and then when I'm like on a bus ride or I'm like at my girlfriend's place. And I've got some time to play handheld, then I'll do a bunch of shrines as like a separate game. Yeah. Like I play the overworld on my TV and then it's like shrine time. <laughs> and I'll just do a bunch of shrines. Shrine Nintendo time. presents Shrine Time, this new eShop only game. Well, we did get a reply on Twitter from someone saying they would love it if they just brought out a DLC of shrines. Oh, wow. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. Is that not but effectively like... what the deal? And I, I, I don't think I ever got around to playing the the champions ballad. But that was that not just mostly some new shrines. In uh, the they, there was like a quest in the overworld, um, with who's the cool accordion bird? Cass. Uh, Cass. Cass. <laughs> yeah, Cass gave you like riddles and stuff. But then yeah, it would yeah. unlock new shrines. Hey, I'm just going to say this now. His absence in this I game know. so far hurts me. Where did me. he go? Where is he? Where is he? My boy. <laughs> I think we definitely have coined like a, a game to make though. Shrine Time featuring Addison. Yeah. 
the same guy. <laughs> That's same time. <laughs> That's the sequel. I think he is the stupidest NPC I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, we had some theories when we spoke about Addison first that um, Hudson gave him this job just that because he, he's that useless at actual construction yeah. work. Yep. I mean, I kind of want to go to him and be like, you know how there's a spike on the bottom of the sign? Have you tried pushing it down? You idiot. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> sometimes when you find him and he's trying to like shove a, shine, a sign into like the edge of a cliff in the middle yeah. of nowhere. I'm like, nobody's going to see this, Addison. Come on, mate. I do want to try a thing with it. I hope this isn't like too spoily, but you can get your own little um, like sign with Hudson on it. And you can attach it to a shield. Yes. And I want to go up to it and be like, look who it is, and see if he like, <laughs> drops the sign or something. But Not I only is he standing in place, he can move. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Go and give him orders and see if he obeys. I've yeah. had like, some other theories from like from, from like other people that have played and streamed the game about Addison. Like, you know he always gives you like certain rewards, like rupees... And he gives you, mm. and then he gives you an item that's from the depths. Mm-hmm. Like people will be like, "Is he a bad guy? Is he like part of the the Yiga clan? Perhaps." <laughs> if he that's is, he's point. the most inept bad guy I've ever seen. Because yeah. at no point, mind you, he that's is wasting his time. <laughs> that's you know a way of foiling his quest by just having Link spend time trying to prop these signs up. So you know, <laughs> you put that onto something. Yeah. Maybe he's been to the depths once, and that's why he's scared of poking the signs in the ground. Oh, <laughs> I like that. That'd be, that'd be like a hilarious <laughs> reveal, though. Like you finished the last sign, and now pops a eager clan. Yeah, it could be Special like boss. the original Dragon Age, where you get to the final, like you're outside the final boss, and you find who's the the dwarf who does enchantments. It's just in a room full of dead enemies. If you get to the final <laughs> boss and there's just like six dead Lynels with Addison stood in the middle. <laughs> He's like, they kept <laughs> knocking the signs over. You're like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So there's not much to actually do at the stables yet. I think we need to have a trip off to um, the, uh, the, the Lucky Clover first, right? Before we get actually some things to do here. But mm-hmm. What will probably catch a lot of people's eyes, and I know it caught my eye when I was uh, at the stable, is just off in the distance, there's something big and scary flapping around with three heads looking very, very ominous. It's our, uh, yeah, our first look at, in this podcast at least, a Gleon. <laughs> Original Zelda, yeah. See, I haven't played the original Zelda, so for me, I was like, there's dragons! Other than, <laughs> like, the snaky dragons are obviously also dragons, but they're not They're not dragons, are they? They're just wiggly guys. I'm not scared of them. But a Gleog, ooh, don't like. Uh, this was my second Gleog. I think I saw maybe the flame one first. He's, like, hanging out on a bridge, right? Yeah, so over Lake Hylia. There's, there's that one. The one I saw first was um, I decided I would go poke my head in the Colosseum near Hyrule Field. <laughs> okay, <laughs> scary. Yeah. But, uh, just to see, well, is, is there what's going to be in there? Probably a Lionel, right? Maybe I'll get a first look at a Lionel in this game. Yeah. Oh, big thing, <laughs> off in the middle. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to go tussle with that anything soon. I'm going to back out slowly. <laughs> The first one I saw was like, luckily from a distance, I was in the Gerudo region first, and up a sky tower I shot into the Gerudo wow. Highlands mountain, and one right at the peak of the mountain in Gerudo, uh, a big yep. ice Gleok. And like, when yeah. I saw it for the first time, I said, from a far distance, only had like four harps at this time. 
And I'm like, I'm not going to touch that. But I was like excited <laughs> because straight away I was like, that's a Gleok from like Legend of Zelda. <laughs> like that's amazing. Yeah. I think they are very fun to fight. I hadn't fought one until uh, I was asked to be on this podcast. And it was like, yeah, we're going to talk about the Gleok. I'm like, well, I've got to bring something to the table. I can't just be like, he's scary and I ran away. So I did it. <laughs> I went and fought him. I used a tip that someone gave me to use the key cyborgs. Makes yeah, yeah. it yes. so much easier because those those flappy boys don't and like the to stay ball, still. <laughs> Yeah, because the three heads, three Triple arrows. Shorts, yep. mm-hmm. Very smart. I don't. I only had one Lionel bow so far because I haven't fought Lionel because they're scary and I ran away. But yeah. <laughs> fighting a Frostgliok, I didn't have Laser Boy at this point, so I did it all by hand, fighting a Gliok myself. Um, but I think in future I might, I might just bring Laser Boy and let him do all the hard work. <laughs> this is the enemy I was talking about before that I want to use a flying hoverbike Laser Boy. Yeah. Oh, oh that'd be so fun. So fun. I wonder if you can climb moments, on There's them. moments when you're fighting it and then, like you get to the like, latter stages of the fight and it just flies right into the air and you're like, what am <laughs> I meant to do? Fine. And then you're like, you need to wait until it does its little, little attacks until you get off yeah. this guy. Oh. He did, think... you did fly quite high up, actually. I remember now. Yeah. That was annoying. Yeah, he gives you some icicles that you can... You can um, ride up, oh. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I try to remember the name of the power. That's I want to say reverse, but it's recall? not reverse. Ascend. Recall, recall, yeah, recall, yeah. recall. Yeah. <laughs> I think what's really cool is obviously this is an ice clock we're speaking about. We've got the the recall power, but the fire and the lightning they rely on using the paraglider to soar up. Because the, yeah. the the way it works with the fire one, if I remember rightly, is it oh, uh, like an updraft. Yeah, it shoots a colossal fireball at you, um, like <laughs> to the point I was. <laughs> it was the first one I fought, and I just looked up, and it was like that. You've probably seen that that GIF of um, Willem Dafoe from The Lighthouse, just looking up all terrified. That's what I felt <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> um, just thought I'm just gonna die here, but no, I ran away and then rode the updraft up, and the lightning one shoots um, well, lightning bolts from the sky, which like seemed to just. The way I see it is they knock like um, little holes in the ground that an updraft billows out of. So it's the same idea. Small ones though, like those are like so awkward to. It's really difficult to ride up on, yeah. Um, But I suppose the difficulty with the fire one is you've got the big attack to dodge, whereas the lightning's a bit easier to dodge, but it's a bit more difficult to. I think you meant to use the lightning one almost kind of like stairs, like and go from updraft to Mm -hmm. updraft and Mm -hmm. go around the kind of half circle. Um. But I, I like the, the ice one when you kind of realise what you what you have to do and how you're going to get up there. It's a, it's a cool moment. Definitely enjoyed doing that. What's interesting, so I did the ice one first. I came across it here and then every sort of few hearts or every sort of big thing I did, I'd like go back and see, like, okay, am I ready to fight it yet? And then I'd be doing like the tiniest little chips of damage and I think, nope, not yet. Yeah. Until eventually I did beat it. And when I beat it, and it did the icicle thing, and I used recall, and I flew up there. Mm. Um, it's such a cool, epic moment. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was thinking like, oh, but how are the other ones going to work? Because they can't drop icicles. And then, of course, I fight them, and they do the updraft. Mm. But I bet if you fought one of the other ones first, in your head, you'd be thinking, oh, but how is the ice one going to work? It can't give me an updraft. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking, yeah. Um, I was looking around like frantically for the updraft, because I knew it was probably going to do some big scary attack and then mm. you know you have that that moment of realization of how you're going to take this guy down but i think you're absolutely right Luke. it's such a you know a really cinematic moment almost when you get up there and you trigger the slow-mo um oh, yeah. aiming with the bow and ah, it's brilliant also because i've just used recall and i haven't remembered to deactivate it yet it's all in black and white mm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, like a samurai I'm suddenly Kurosawa moment, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, pretty gnarly fight. A great um, crescendo moment at the end of the fight as well, because it's so high up and you get the final hit, it just drops all the way to the ground. And it does the little typical Zelda explosion. Big damage on the the boss as well, like when, when they hit the ground. Um, normally when you topple them, like if they're just hovering, 
you don't get, I think, really any damage from them landing, but naturally from falling that high up, the boss still takes fall damage and usually means that you're going to kill it in a few hits once it actually has that. So I think in my case, both times I've killed it, when it's landed, that's just been it. It died from the fall. Ah, cool. But yeah, very fun. And seeing it early on in the game was just like... Because so far I'd seen like a Hinox and a Talus, but I was like, okay, there's a new one in the overworld and it's it's pretty gnarly. I think I'm glad they added, not that I didn't expect them to add, you know, a really cool new enemy like this, but I'm glad we got one that was as threatening as this because come the end of Breath of the Wild and the, the few that I fought in this game, I kind of knew how to fight the Lynels, you know, I kind of knew their timing and, you know, how to dodge their attacks and... Mm-hmm. They weren't. They were nowhere near as challenging. Obviously, it's the first time you come across one in Breath of the Wild, whereas this felt naturally still fresh and really challenging. So yeah, yeah props. I'm always down for like we invented a new guy, even though they didn't invent this guy. Reinvented, reinvented a guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I th- from Zelda One, he was like just obviously really basic shoot a few fireballs and didn't even move yeah. right just right usually guard the door up and down for the screen sometimes <laughs> and it just fire like multiple yeah. different fireballs at you from like distance and it was just like the puzzle of that was just kind of how do you get close to the damage Is this it was a recurring boss? dungeon boss in mm-hmm. the original and would have more heads each time you fought it uh okay that's horrible <laughs> I'm glad that's not that's not the case, right? <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, I think Jay's just being a little teased now. Gleok waiting for me. <laughs> well, there might not be a eight-headed Gleok, but there's, there's we're, something. We're, we're, we might speak about the Gleok again on this podcast. That is all I will Ooh, say. Okay. <laughs> I won't. I won't spoil it for you guys. I clearly don't know what I'm on about. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is this the first time the Gleoks come back? Like, since the original Zelda? I know. Not sure. I think there were I think in other games. Like, it may have been games. a boss in, like, one of the game. Yeah, like, say, one of the Game Boy games. But I'm certain it's the first 3D one we've had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely don't remember them turning up before. Partly they are in the wiki. Let's see. Partly they are in the uh and it's in Final Phantom Hourglass, apparently. Phantom Hourglass. Yeah. So there you go. But yeah, like proper three D one, yeah. Mm-hmm. And a real spectacle yeah. at that too. But then from the stable, if we don't want to go and fight a Gleok just for a laugh. <laughs> we can keep heading east and we'll get to a tier that we're actually supposed to visit at this uh, point yes. uh, this tier number two an yes. unfamiliar world as I thought this is not the world I know a time so far back in the past it's become legend your presence here is just as strange to us Zelda I can feel your light power within her, as well as my time power. Additionally, I sense that we share a blood connection. I think this is the tea party one, isn't it? Um, it's... Is it? Not I don't quite. know. It's like the, it's the one where you basically realise that she's in the past. Hmm, okay. I saw she, this one relatively recently. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. She's, um... She stood on the, the Great Plateau, the where yeah, the game yeah. begins in Breath of the Wild. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So the classic I view of Hyrule. This is the one where I got the strongest vibes of flirting coming from Sonya towards Zelda, which is weird because they're related, kind of. Um, and like she, she sort of like holds Zelda's hands and is like, "You should come home with us." And it's like, oh. Maybe I'm just reading into it too much, but I 
in every scene of Sonya and Zelda together, I'm like, are they in love? I mean, obviously they're not. Nintendo is not that brave, but like the vibes are there. <laughs> That's a really interesting reading of it because I, I just saw it as um, like definitely a motherly love. There's definitely love there. And, and, yeah. I, and you know, she just cares for her pretty much as soon as they come across her. Like, almost like she's, you know, like a lost animal that they've got to take in and then it develops into, you know, she genuinely cares for her. But I always saw it as, well, I'm going to look after you and, yeah. and just, you know, as, as a mother would. But yeah, that's... that's, that's I think a, that's almost think. definitely what they were going for. Yeah. But like, Sonia is very like, hey... Hi, hi, Zelda. Like everyone just loves her. Like she got some weird owl guy to like marry outside his species. Like she, everyone loves Sonya and I don't blame them. She's adorable. But like, yeah, I, I always got flirty vibes between her and Zelda. <sighs> she also is like a full head and shoulders taller than Zelda. <laughs> she looms over her and holds her hands. So this is true. Yeah, she's. Does that lean into? Does that lean into her, like her motherly love, or does that lean into her being, you know, mummy? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like link with the the great fairies. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really interesting that they went in this sort of like like proto Hylian direction with with Sonya, where she's got these huge ears compared to Zelda, who has like ear sized ears. Whereas Sonya's like, pew! And like, yeah, like you say, she's massive. She has all these cool face tattoos and like a sweet arm tattoo. Um, They all dress very interestingly as well. Like there's so much ornamentation on them, like 50 billion earrings and like things hanging off their dress. And it all sounds very heavy. Um, But she looks nothing like Zelda, except that they're both blonde and pointy-eared. And... Like, they both look like anime girls. But (laughs) to sort of see the two of them together and be like, oh, she's like your great, 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 etc. Grandmother is very, I don't know, it's cute. Uh, When when I'm not having a moment where I'm like, and then they kiss. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't until recently I realized how much sort of the Zonai and the ancient stuff mm-hmm. is based on um like aztec and mayan imagery mm, yeah i went to the big um they got a big exhibit at the moment at the tokyo museum with loads of treasures from mexico and it's all like jade jewelry and little jade masks and jade statues and yeah very very reminiscent of all of this it's very cool and they could have just made it like they could have made the the ancient hylians look a lot like Zelda looks and be like that because mm. Skyward Sword everyone looks the same right maybe people are a yeah. little more owl shaped but <laughs> not by much um, definitely Zelda's dad <laughs> in that game He's, yeah with uh... the gigantic <laughs> eyes yeah yes. yep uh but they instead they made her look very different very interesting with this like skin tone that we don't really see much in older Zelda games, which I think is a, a good improvement on how they've done it before. Um, and like, honestly, the, the Hylians and the Zonai, not that different looking. They've both got the pointy ears. They've both got like ridiculously long hair. I could see it working, but it, shouldn't that mean that their children have even bigger ears? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think... Um... One thing I really like about Sonya's design as well is the the headpiece that she wears. It has that, you know, the third eye mm. uh, kind of emblazoned on the headpiece, um, which obviously Rauru has that. He has a third eye. <laughs> so yeah. I, I do like that they've incorporated that aspect of kind of Zonai biology into the Hylian dress to kind of show the marriage of cultures in that way. It's, it's, it's a yeah. touch. I would be so like curious... If I if I married a goat owl guy with a third eye and <laughs> like some very goaty facial features and horns and I married him and presumably have children with him, I'd be like, oh God, what are they going to come out like? 
Are they going to have like half a third eye? Are they going to have really big ears? Horns? Who knows? How tall are they going to be? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I'd have expected Sonya to have like normal, like non-pointy ears. Mm. And the implication to be that she got the ears from yeah. Mary yeah. Rauru. But no, That's the a good point. Like Zelda's like, oh, just like seeing the last several thousand years of genetics just laid out in front of her and she's like, oh, I see, I see. Interesting. I wonder if like, Nintendo like kinda of toyed with that, like having like a more kind of human mm. alien like Sonya, like maybe it was like kinda of, maybe thinking it was like it would be it would have been too much. Like too much of a shock for like the players seeing like a like a, character. A regular eared person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like, oh god. <laughs> was it like, not what have we done? <laughs> Was there not a Zelda game where that was a thing? Was it not Ocarina of Time? Like, the Kokiri had the, the pointed ears, but the, the people in Castletown had hmm. regular ears? I don't I think know. Zelda, I think it, you're right that in a lot of the games, not everyone has the pointy ears. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't, you know, I couldn't list you exactly who's who mm-hmm. has what ears. Yeah. Oh, it's been conditioned over the years to see everyone a Zelda game have pointy ears even when they don't. I've just found a very, very long Tumblr post called What's Going On With The Ears In Hyrule. So, you know, we're not the only people to be asking questions here, thank goodness. (laughs) I'm glad we found our people. (laughs) Someone's asking the important questions. I don't know if I want to be part of the people who go around measuring parts of other people's heads. (laughs) <laughs> too late Ooh, good point though mm. <laughs> what ears do the Gerudo have I'm looking um, it up go grab... they have in Ocarina of Time normal ears and ah. in Tears of the Kingdom pointy ears yeah my uh, Bosa Amiibo has pointy ears hmm interesting I but don't know ha- what any of this means. <laughs> my Smash Brothers Ganondorf amiibo has normal ears. Ooh, oh, interesting. That's pointy, actually, yeah, it's kind of interesting about it. Ganondorf, like Wind Waker, like is the kind of normal, normal. normal Cons- I'm just thing. looking at the render they released pre-release of Ganondorf in mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom. Normal ears. Oh. What does it mean? I mean, I haven't <laughs> got to the end of Tears of the Kingdom, so maybe. This is part of the plot. Is that Ganondorf's like lineage or something? Any Hellion with normal ears or Gerudo with normal ears is the next in line. Yeah. I want to know about Ganondorf's parents' ears. Tell us, Nintendo. Like ears of the kingdom, am I right? (gasps) Whoa. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've come to the end. What a note to leave us on. <laughs> That's that for this edition of the Hyrule Field Report. Next time, we're going to potentially finally reach our ultimate goal we set so far in our journey of reaching Rito Village. Who knows? Um, you'll have to join us for that one. We'll probably end up stopping in at the Lucky Clover Gazette along the way and finding out what they would like us to do for them. So, uh, yeah, make sure and join us for that one. I will pass over to you, Luke, for the rest of the outro. Yeah, well, before I do our long list of boring plugs, Kate, do you have anything you want to plug at the moment? I Normally I would plug, like, social media, but I don't even know which one to plug anymore. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram. Got, how many have you collected? <laughs> oh, God, too many. So, so and I keep talk forgetting. about Twitter, man. It's kind of uh, Yeah. So, yeah, just follow me on Instagram for the time being. I mostly post pictures of the things I'm up to, which is always fun. Uh, I'm just uh, at how not to draw, I think. I'm trying to keep track of what I am on all the different platforms. <laughs> it's very difficult. Um, yeah, I, I think that's it. I'm also working on a game called Moonstone Island, so you can wishlist that on Steam if you want to help me out with my job. 
It's gonna be really good. I promise. It probably will be really good, so do do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this podcast, we're on Twitter for the time being, at Hyrule Field Pod. <laughs> uh, we're also on Facebook, that's slightly more stable. Um, Is I it tried... the <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. Um, but make sure you're subscribed and you rate and review and like and subscribe and share it with your friends. Like, go out into the street and scream at the strangers. Because that's going to be all we can do soon. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm mostly trying to not use social media because I hate scrolling and what it does to my mental health. But you can follow me on Twitter at Buskerlily and see pictures of mountains and that. Uh, and until next time, um, yeah. Oh, also we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Podcastio Podcastius. Just helps keep us online, but you can find links to the other podcasts we make. Like Luke Loves Pokemon, or The Game Game Show, a game show about games or various sci-fi and movie podcasts and all of that jazz. Jazz, any sage advice for us this week? Yeah, your advice for this week is if you're going to pick a method, make sure it's the underpants method. Okay. <laughs> and that is actually connected to the game, believe it or not. No, uh, no, I just did that quest yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Catch us next time. Cheers. Bye.